Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studios. Back in my day, the NFL wasn't postponing games due to COVID outbreaks. Turf burger. Back then, the only thing that could stop an NFL game was your wife asking, can we watch something else? This is the Press Box. And you'd roll your eyes and she'd say, you've been watching football for eight hours. And you'd hem and you'd haw. And she'd say, I'm taking the kids to my mother's. And just like that, you'd turn it off. Ed Grady. But it was too late. She was already gone good this time there was nothing you could do to bring her back tyler bischoff and at that moment you knew you knew more than ever you were ready for some football on espn las vegas cardinals versus the jets where's our 10-year deal for 10 million dollars 100 million dollars 10 million a year think we think we're in line for that <laughs> probably should be do you think anyone point, knows we have right? a show yeah i mean <laughs> Mel Tucker almost got that. I know. Brian Kelly's getting Brian that much. Kelly. You know, he's actually won a lot of won a lot. Uh, the Mel Tucker issue was uh, Mel Tucker where has I thought one more winning season at college football than the three of us combined. <laughs> so we'll only go for five years for fifty. Yeah, I'll, yeah, we'll take the discount. Take five mean, years for fifty. Did you see how like nice they were about? Uh, let oh oh, and uh, if somebody. Uh, if, if we fire Mel, he can go ahead and get 9.5 for the yes. next for yeah. the life of the contract. Oh, uh, college football. We'll get to that later in the show and how much money people are getting. It's absolutely amazing. But first. The first bite. Should Mark Davis start looking for a head coach? So I saw we were going to do this off the top, and it's a CBS report that uh, Mark Davis has not started a coaching search yet for the Raiders. There's so much to this report. I'm in the business report, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna deny the report or who his sources are, Lakinafa's Lakinafa's sources. But there's certain things about it I do believe, and there's other things I'm not so sure I believe. The first thing I do believe, Tyler, is that they've made one playoff in 18 years. So <laughs> if he doesn't want this show and other shows, you know, at Lotus or the Review Journal or the Athletic or ESPN writing stories with headlines about him out there you know, courting coaches and certain names and taking away from any kind of distraction. Like, I believe that. Like, if I'm him, I'm like, well, I don't want that out there because we have a team that might make the playoffs. And the last thing I want is headlines every day. It's like, well, Mark Davis interviewed so-and-so. Mark Davis wants this guy to be the coach. Like, I, I have no problem with that if that's what he's thinking. I don't necessarily completely believe he hasn't thought about it and perhaps way deep background talk to some people. Like, I, I'm not so sure about that. Uh, that he hasn't – I can't believe he hasn't thought about it. Like, I don't believe that at all. He has to have thought he about it. He has to have thought about it. Like, the idea that Mark Davis – I can understand, okay, John Gruden resigns, and in the immediate week or so afterwards, all right, you haven't thought about it because John Gruden literally right. just resigned. But we're we're removed, what, a month from that mm-hmm. now? Like, he's going to have to hire a new coach in, like, yeah. a couple of months. So – I hope he's thought about it. I do too. I hope that is out there. So what's interesting, though, is your point about... So the the point of the story was, hey, Mark Davis hasn't talked to anybody about the head coaching job, and he's not looking for the next head coach. He's even turned people away that have wanted to talk to him. And the reason is that Mark Davis is focused on the playoffs this year and making the playoffs. I find your interesting your your reasoning kind of interesting that hey if he talks to so and so's agent yeah. or whatever that if that gets out in the media that that could be a distraction to the team. I find that interesting because that could be real. 
I do think, I mean, can you not tell the agent, hey, let's not let this get out there? I mean, I, maybe you can't I trust mean, I don't agents. I you can trust but, agents. But, I mean, if you say, hey, let's not, let, let's not get this out there, and then it gets out there, you cross that guy off the list, don't you? Yes, because that's why maybe the agents, whoever he's talked to, the agents have followed suit, and he has talked to people. Like, we don't know. Maybe, right. maybe he does have agents who say, hey, my guy really wants it. If it means that if we don't say anything, then we're not saying anything. Because, all right, the other part of that is, who is he talking to that would be a potential head coach? Whoever it is probably has a job right now, right? Yes. So I'd have to imagine if you're talking to Eric Bieniemy or yeah, Brian <laughs> Kelly, like if you're talking to any of these people that are coaching, you know, that are head coaches at college or coordinators in the NFL or whoever it is, more than likely they probably don't want it out right now either. Like that, like if it, let's just use Eric Bieniemy as an example, is like Eric does Eric Bieniemy want in week five of the season? Yeah, he's interviewing for the Raiders right. job. I would. Ass- I would think you could set you could have these conversations and be like, hey, let's let's not say anything. Right. It's in both of our best interests. But I could I could understand the logic of, hey, we want to make the playoffs. Rich Basachi is the head coach, and I don't want to provide any more distractions. Yeah, they I could had also, a few of those. I could also understand saying, well, if they can deal with everything else, I think they can deal with <laughs> I talked to Eric, Eric Bieniemy. <laughs> yeah. So it but it's it's the other part of it that's fascinating to me is the idea that Mark Davis wouldn't be looking for a head coach or actively looking, however you want to take that, because he's focused on the playoffs. What is he doing? Like, what is yeah. he doing that's focusing on the playoffs? Like, he's he's not a part of like game planning, and he's not like he's he's pretty well known for hand being hands off and letting the people he hires do what they want, what they're supposed to do. It's not like he's making personnel decisions on who the practice squad needs to needs to pick up from somebody else. So, like, I can understand, hey, you don't want it out there, but, like, the idea that, oh, he's focused on the playoffs, well, what's he doing on a I think he's basis? more focused on, and you're right, I mean, they've had distractions that they've had to deal with a lot more important, not I shouldn't say important, but a lot more uh, critical distractions than who the next coach is going to be. I mean, that's like a softball compared to some of the things these guys have had to deal with in terms of distractions. So... I think it's more he doesn't want another headline, another more talk radio about something other than what's on the field. And I, I, I have no problem with that. If, if he came on the show and said, look, I don't want anything out there except football right now, okay, I don't have a problem with that. Do I think that he's gone this entire time and it's never crossed his mind who his coach is going to be? Like, there's no chance that's happening. I still think it's a mistake on his part. Even if he's looking at it from a standpoint of, hey, this team, I want it to make the playoffs, so I don't want to provide any more distractions. I think it's still a big mistake on his part if he's not actively out there trying to find his next head coach. Because regardless of what happens this season, there's a good chance he's hiring a new head coach. Yes. Like, I mean, even if the Raiders make the playoffs. Short of the AFC championship. Right. Like, there's a good chance he's hiring a new head coach. And so if you're going to sit here and say, okay, I, I threw away all of November when I could have been looking for a head coach and was the only team that was looking for a head coach. I threw away all of November because I wanted this team to make the playoffs. You're throwing away what could be valuable time finding your next head coach. You could be throwing away valuable time at helping your franchise for the next five years because you're trying to give them some benefit that might not exist for the next two months. Like he, yeah. it's, a, it's a very short-sighted approach if that's how if Mark that's Davis, what he's doing. If that's how if he's that's approaching he's it. Right. If he's approaching it from, I agree with you. If he hasn't even thought about this, that's a massive right. mistake. But I'm saying even if he's thought about it but hasn't been actively talking to people, I think that's a mistake yeah. too. 
Like I think he's he should know right now whoever whoever he wants, right? If it's Eric Bieniemy or whatever coordinator, whoever he wants to Lane be his Kiffin. head coach, he should know right now if that person is interested. Right? Just we've been using Bieniemy to keep using him. If he let's say he wants Eric Bieniemy to be his next head coach, he should already know if Eric Bieniemy would be interested in this job or not. He should know that right now. And if Bieniemy is, then great. You might say, "All right, we're interested in it." Talk leave it at that until about talk it. to your and agent. We'll see at the end of the year. Yeah, it, it, but if Eric Bieniemy's not, then he's got to move on to okay. Right. Who else do I want? Because again, the next head coach is going to impact the franchise for at least what, three years, right? And that's if it's a complete failure. Hmm. Probably right. longer ten than year that. contract. <laughs> I think, yeah, he might be done with those, but who knows? <laughs> but like the next head coach is going to impact the franchise for at least three years, probably like five, right? You shouldn't be throwing away a chance to get a jump start on that because you're worried about the next two months and what a headline might do to Rich Basaccia's confidence is, or Derek Carr's confidence. Is there any chance he's thinking down the road of, I'm thinking of GMs, and the GM will hire the coach? That would be interesting. Um, which one you do first, basically. Right. Um, Don't you I, do the GM first? It depends on what kind of head coach you hire. I mean, obviously, they hired John Gruden and basically made him the yeah, GM. Yeah, made him the GM. Now, if you're hiring a coordinator who's never been a head coach before, I assume you're not giving that guy GM control. No. It's Mark Davis and the Raiders, so maybe they would. But I assume you're not. So in that case, yeah, you hire the GM first. So that's like that is another aspect of it is maybe you're more interested in who the GM is rather than the head coach because if we're if we're looking at what 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 do you think has more impact? Who he hires as GM or who he hires as head coach? I think maybe as head coach. I think maybe as head coach. I think so too because, well, okay, that also depends. I, mean, I guess on... it tells you. I mean, what if he's already decided, and I don't think he's already decided that he's okay with Mayock. Right. Right. Well, then... Mayock's never done it before. We haven't let Mayock be the GM yet. It's a good he's point. Been doing it for like a month, Jared. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Let, I was just gonna say, at least let Mac do one draft. <laughs> so the other, okay, the other part of the GM question versus head coach question, and what's more important? I would the I would sort of answer that with a question: What's the vision for this roster going forward? Like, does Mark Davis view this as, hey, this team is close? I want to bring in guys that are just gonna take what we have and try to make it a little bit better, right? Or does Mark Davis view it as, hey, let's blow it let's up? Because blow it up. if you're blowing it up, the GM's more important than the head coach because the GM's going to basically set the foundation for the roster going into the future and say, hey, this is who we're drafting. This is the type of player we're after. We're trying to be good in two to three years. That makes the GM more important. But if you're saying, hey, this roster's close, let's bring in some people and just try to get a little bit better next year. Then the head coach is more important because yeah, that sure. guy's got to come and make a, the roster. You're blowing it up. All of a sudden, the draft really means something. Right. And the GM the becomes more important. Yeah. So, I, a lot of questions. I thought the report was interesting. Like I said, it's it, it, they're his sources. I'm not going to deny his sources. I just, I'll leave it at this. I'll be shocked if it's been a month and he's never thought about a head coach. I'll be shocked yeah. at that. I, and if people have come to him, we don't know who's come to him or who's agents. There's no question agents have called this guy. There's that that I don't know who he's thought of, but agents have reached out to say, "Hey, my guy might be well, interested." I'm pretty sure Mel Tucker's agent reached out to every NFL <laughs> team. Be like, "Listen, I got to get another ten years out of this Mel yeah. Tucker contract. You interested in this guy? You gave away a ten year contract before. Why don't you give away another one? And we'll only take ninety million. We won't even take a hundred million." <laughs> I actually hope Michigan State called Mark Davis and say, "All right." 
So how did you do this 10-year yes, deal? exactly. <laughs> Followed by LSU and USC and everyone else giving out these contracts now. Oh, college football. Oh, what a fun time. Could Mark Davis oh even my. compete with some of these college I'm football teams? Sure. I'm not even sure. Well, <laughs> I don't know. Given what Lincoln Riley got with the, the money, and the, we're going to talk about that in the house and the $6 million stipend and all that, I don't know if Mark Davis would touch Lincoln Riley. Right? Like, depending on how much he's got to pay John Gruden, we don't know exactly what that uh, payout, right. that buyout effectively was when John Gruden resigned. Does he, he, Mark Davis might really not be able to compete with like USC that, or hell Michigan state at this point. Like you're well, looking around in college and say, what? Here's the difference. Michigan state and like LSU, they get to use taxpayer money in order to pay. Oh wait, no, no, no that could no. Did the same thing coming up next. Who the hell's playing for the Dodgers next year? He attacks and smokes one to deep left. This one's going supersonic. That is out of the ballpark. Whoa! Over the train tracks, it's 3-0 Atlanta. And Jorge Soler lands the first punch here on the top of the third inning. You're sitting in the press box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Follow them on Twitter at Ed Graney and Bischoff underscore Tyler. Ed? Who's playing for the Dodgers next year? Chris Taylor. Are you sure about that? Yes, because I, there's there's so much money now remaining because everyone else went and got more money. So now we have so much money, we can give him $30 million a year. I think the Rangers are going to give him $50 million a year. So, <laughs> the Rangers. <laughs> so in the last couple of days, the Dodgers lost Max Scherzer. He signed with the New York Mets, getting paid $43 million a year. And then Corey Seager... Signed a 10-year, $325 million deal with the Texas Rangers. Uh, so, the Dodgers, so okay, as a Dodger fan over there, did the Dodgers <laughs> just get over out, there? Did the Dodgers just get outbid? Like, they weren't willing to match these? Or what happened? I think they did get outbid for Seager. Because I think they wanted, why wouldn't you want to keep Seager? So, I think they probably looked at, again, I mean, what's your, I just don't like 10-year deals. Like, I don't like 10-year deals. Or anybody. I don't know what the Dodgers think about that in terms of inside their organization because they have Except new people inside coaches. the organization. Doesn't Mookie yeah. Betts have a 12-year deal? That is true. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> but he's I, different. I, I don't. Uh, he's Yeah, he's better than Corey Seager. Um, I don't. Maybe they just didn't want to go that far with him. I, I See, I just can't believe when it comes to the Dodgers, it's ever about money. Like, right. I never believe that. They will spend with anyone. So what else would it have been? Other than the term of the deal, that they just they didn't want him as much as the Rangers did. It's suppose he came down to the Dodgers and the Rangers, right? So what would have been the deciding factor? I just I can't believe it was money. The I only, just can't believe it was money. Because here's the thing: the Dodgers are going to be better than the Rangers next year, and to be honest, probably for the next for the five foreseeable years. future. Like, sure, the Rangers might actually figure out their rebuild here, but that seems unlikely. And. <laughs> The same goes for the Mets. I mean, granted, they're going to spend a lot of money, I guess, so they should be competitive. But, like, the Dodgers are going to be contenders, right? So if your goal is to win, it doesn't make much sense to leave the Dodgers. If they offer the same amount of money, it doesn't make much sense to leave the Dodgers. So it it almost has to be that the Dodgers weren't willing to do 
either the 10 years or the, or 32, the 325. 32 and a half per year, whichever part of that it was. But it's just it's interesting that we're in a spot where the Dodgers, right, one of the teams that have spent the most money in baseball over the last decade or whatever it is, that they got outbid by the Texas Rangers yeah. and the New York Mets. Like that's that's an interesting place to be in baseball because you would think the Dodgers would be one of the teams to say, okay, we've got good free agents. We're going to keep them. We're going to sign these guys and we're going to keep them. Can you believe the Rangers of the last two days? I saw Buster on these tweets between Simeon and Seager have spent more on their payroll and two dudes than they spent like last year. I mean, it oh, was yeah. just, it's insanity yeah. what they gave Simeon and, and Seager. They were, tro- they, they gave out a seven year deal and a 10 year deal. Yeah. The two, yeah. two shortstops. I mean, Simeon played second base last year, but the two shortstops, they give out a 10 and a seven year deal. I don't know what they do. I assume I assume they move Trey Turner to short. Yeah, right now. Unless, then, you, unless the Dodgers sign what Trevor Story sign? or Carlos Correa. Oh, my God. Sign Carlos Correa. That'd be actually pretty funny. But I mean, okay. what's he going to want now that Seager got 10 for 325? Right. So if we're talking about, hey, the Dodgers weren't willing to do 10, 325 for Seager. Are they, are they willing to do 10, 350 for Correa or whatever Crane's up He's a better player. Hey. Not that much, though. The money, the money is no object. It's about the terms. It's about the terms. I, ju- I, I think I don't know. I've never known them to know to say that it's about the money. So, then so the Dodgers, they didn't want to. Do I mean, 10 I don't years. know if they want to do ten years with Corey Seager. Well, so or flip it on its head. Seager really did not want to play in L.A. anymore. That I don't. I have no idea about that in terms of that he didn't like playing there. I mean, he wants. I would assume he wants to be on a winner. He's going to team. <laughs> they had a, a great tweet yesterday from. Uh, our media friend Danny Webster, who's a huge Dallas fan in every sense, he's from there, loves it. He goes, listen, you got to do what you got to do, and I can't wait to win 75 games next year with the Texas Rangers. Because <laughs> I said on, hey, on our Twitter. Win, our win I, share went up by 10. Yeah, We're going to win 70. Exactly. I said on Twitter, I think it was more about the 10 years, and then he goes, you got to do what you got to do. We're going to win 75 games with this guy. All right. Where is Carlos Correa going? Uh, the Yankees? Yep. Do you the Yankees believe, will spend. Do you believe uh, the Yankees? Brian Cashman's I mean, come out and said they don't want to spend I, ten years, three hundred million on uh, one player. I think that's also them being like, "Let's get this into the media so that when we get him for nine years." I mean, he's <laughs> a great. He's a great leader, according to their manager. He needs a leader. He's a great leader, according because to Boone. Javi Baez is apparently signing with the Tigers on a. Yeah, but he's like one forty. I think it's a six-year deal. Yeah. So if you're the former the, MVP, the yeah. shortstop market. <laughs> There's two shortstops left, Trevor Story and Carlos, Carlos Correa. Correa. And if you go through the teams that wanted a shortstop, supposedly, the, only, the Yankees and Astros are the only two teams that are left. And the Astros have been pretty adamant they're not giving Carlos Correa 10 years, $300 million. And the Yankees have said they're not. Now, maybe they're lying and they eventually do. But like, if you're trying to figure out where's Carlos Correa going to get a 10-year, $350 million contract from, it's going to have to be some random team unless the Yankees are lying. What do you think Story now is worth on the open market? Because would the Dodgers make a run at him? Probably that Javi Baez, six-year, 140 See, or whatever I have no problem with that if they go get Trevor Story for that. Yeah, that's probably, I'd assume he's in the same ballpark as Javi Baez, right. where you're getting 20 to $25 million a year, and it's a four- to six-year deal, right. or maybe seven. I don't know if you tack on seven. But, yeah, somewhere. Javi Baez and Trevor Story are sort of the same tier. Seager and Correa but were the top tier of free agent shortstops. The Brewers. I mean, yeah. It, I don't know. Be a weird they team. probably wouldn't spend that much money, though. Okay, but I'm saying, like, these random teams. The right. Rangers are spending money. 
Yeah, the Rangers are stupid. They're dumb. <laughs> they don't know what they're doing. But like, if you're trying, they again, got that Bush money. Where, like, if you're trying to figure out where Correa is going, of all the names that we had heard about where he could go, there's only two that are left, and it's the two that have said we don't want to spend that much money on one player. So it leads you to sort of a random team, right? Do the like the Angels or something say, you know, we really well, don't need any pitching. They've been known to do it. <laughs> Yeah, but, it, you know, it'd be somebody like the Angels saying, yeah, pitching, yeah, that's overrated. Let's go get another bat for this but, lineup. Yeah. I mean, we drafted 100 pitchers in the last draft. <laughs> One we of don't them need will be good at some point. Or or it's, I don't, I, I don't know, like the idea that Carlos, I the idea that Carlos Correa is going to get a bigger deal than Corey Seager. It makes sense in the sense that, hey, Carlos Correa is viewed as a better shortstop mm-hmm. than Seager, but you have to have somebody willing to pay that, and at this point, the two most likely teams to sign him don't seem like they're willing to pay that. So it leads you to either a random team has to pay that or Correa doesn't get the massive deal. He doesn't top Corey Seager or maybe the Dodgers. (sighs) Then they, I mean, if they go to that contract, they really thought he was a lot better than the guy they had would be. I mean, or, and the other part of this, that's going to be fascinating is we're going to have a lockout in what are we at? Like 24, uh, 36 yeah, December, hours, what, 36 whatever. Hours, yeah. After at midnight tomorrow, we're going to have a And didn't out. you say Correa was one who thinks he's going beyond it? It sounds like Correa's waiting. So what's going to be interesting is we're going to have a lockout. There's not going to be any, you can't sign any players during the lockout. There can't be any major league transactions during the lockout. So we're going to have a lockout, which means all these teams and free agents are going to sit around for, we don't know how long, a month, two months, hopefully not longer than that without doing anything. I wonder how much changes in two months. Like, I wonder if we get through a two-month lockout or whatever it ends up being, does somebody like the Yankees say, you know what? Yeah, we're willing to right. do 10 years, $325 million, right? Like, does that happen? Or do we get through it and they say, you know what? We really don't want to give you 10 years, $325 million. So it's almost like we've had this splurge of spending right now by teams, and then we're going to have this long break. And nothing's going to happen because of a lockout. And then when they come back, you're still going to have good free agents out there like Carlos Correa. And then all of a sudden, what happens? Are people still willing to spend the same amount of money? Are they more likely to do it? So it'll be interesting what happens in two months to see what changes on the team front. Freddie Freeman's another one. For the Dodgers? No. I mean, just no one's talking about him. Well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, he's he's a free agent. He's an everyday second baseman, but Max Muncy plays second. I mean, you could... I don't know I, if he's an everyday set. He's, he can play second. You'd have to move him, obviously. I think it was Ken Rosenthal wrote yesterday, the Dodgers are interested in Freddie Freeman. Okay. Then now you're that moving Seager's gone. Yeah. And that he still he still wrote, it's hard to envision Freeman actually leaving the Braves, but right. the Dodgers are interested because they need another left-handed bat now that Corey Seager's gone. Yeah. So you want to poach Freddie Freeman from the Braves? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> is that a silly qu- is that a, uh, a trick question yes absolutely but you have to give him 10 years no he's like 32 no. three so. yeah he'd be 43 years old making he's gonna get what 25 to 30 probably have yeah. you signed uh pulls to his extension yet another 10 years <laughs> i would not mind him on a one-year deal he's a great clubhouse guy <laughs> He likes to hug people. He likes to hug after people. Every t- after every home run, he's somehow out of the dugout hugging people when he could just stay in the dugout and hug them when they got there. All right. Coming up next, David Roth joins the show. We're happy to talk to him. He just seems happy to talk to anyone. David Roth from The Defector is with us on the Press Box. 
subscribe to the distraction on stitcher and use the promo code distract for a free month of stitcher premium all right important question how many dishwashers do you have well we got two uh the question is which one can you use and the answer there is that you cannot use either of the dishwashers i'm so happy that we could touch base on this again it's a weekly question honestly like if you ask me next week i might have a different answer i might not (laughs) it really depends when in the week we talk right now uh i'm gonna go ahead and just enlighten all of the listeners certificate of insurance looks like it might come through for the contractors today so that's step one that could start as soon as late this week. So from there, it's really a question of, uh, I don't know, like if I decide that I like using the dishwasher as like sort of an end table in the little part of the living room that it's in, maybe maybe then I don't have the plumber come. But I think we're getting there. Put a small Christmas tree on it. Yeah. I mean, it's it's already pretty festive. Like a lot of people wouldn't even think of having a large kitchen appliance in their living space. Uh, but we've really warmed to it at this point. We think of it as like a pet that we hate. <laughs> what is on top of your dishwasher? Like, what have you right, been, what right have you now, been stacking? Stuff? I'm trying. There's like the little the sort of blanket that it came in, which honestly is kind of festive. Like, if we stuck a little Christmas tree on it, you'd be like, oh, it's like a little snowy backdrop. I love it. Uh, you'd wonder why it had a dishwasher door underneath. Uh, I mostly have tried to avoid putting things on it because I just. The idea of getting this close to it and then just accidentally spilling, like, 11 ounces of grapefruit juice down the back and having to start all over again is too scary to me to think about. So we've given it a pretty wide berth. Uh, More importantly, before we get to baseball and the ridiculous spending, Jared has informed us to visit your parents. You took a bus. You know there's trains out there somewhere. Well, so I actually did wind up taking the train this time. I was the the bus is like a very direct way of doing it, but it is also just like the you become sad instantly. Like even though I probably would have saved fifteen minutes or twenty minutes or something like that, the bus station in New York City, man, there's like pigeons that just they live there. Like they don't fly outside. I think they just walk around in it and like eat bits of hot dog that people drop. It's a very very grim place. Whereas the train station, it actually worked out pretty great. I was uh, home and um, just carrying things up and down the stairs for three hours for my parents, like maybe an hour after I left New York. All right. uh, I need to know what you would do in this situation. You need to get to the airport to catch a flight. You Mm -hmm. check uh, Uber, and it's $175, and you're going to be late if you take Uber because it's going to take so long. Do you get in a car with an old man who has offered to drive you for 50 bucks? I don't know how this relates to uh, Major League Baseball's free agent spending <laughs> spree. I'm lo- really looking forward to seeing how you tie this in. Uh, yeah, I think I probably would. Like, how, how scary and old, like, is it the old man from, like, the Phantasm movies? Uh, that I don't know. It was not either of us that did this. It was somebody else okay. we had on the show yesterday that could not get an Uber for a reasonable price, but a random old guy offered to drive him for $50, and he said, yeah, I might die, but this is worth it. This was a guess. This wasn't. This kind of sounds like a Jared thing, is what I'm asking. No, this was it was not, not Jared. No, it's not Jared. All right. Just, yeah, I mean, I think I probably would. I feel like I've done dumber things like that in the past. I feel like with Uber in general, too, it's like even when you have gotten one, you kind of don't know what kind of driver you're going to wind up getting. Like getting in a car with a random old guy is not like the difference is that you have not involved an app in the transaction. Like, basically, that is, like, for me, it's been, like, 50% of the Uber rides that I've taken. That's actually a great point. With Uber, they've kind of been checked out, but you don't know how much. 
Yeah, and, like, it might be they're probably having a worse day because that's, like, all they're doing. Like, if the old guy's just kind of like, I don't really have anywhere to be. Like, I was going to Lowe's, but, like, that's the one thing I'm doing today. Yeah, let's go to JFK. Like, yeah, it's probably brightening both of our days. All right, Mets fan. Here we go. Max Scherzer, (laughs) Starling Marte, how you feeling this week? Pretty good, honestly. It's sort of, it's not the same as, uh, like, I imagine that Rangers fans feel incredible right now because they went from having a team that you couldn't and wouldn't watch to one that's, like, still going to be bad but will be cool. The Mets, I feel like there's still work to be done here. Like, they definitely, someone pointed out that they're starting rotation right now with, like, DeGrom, Scherzer, and then you're just instantly down to, like, whatever's left of Carlos Carrasco and Tywan Walker that it looks like one of those things you see on Twitter where it's like, you've got $15 to build a starting rotation. How do you spend it? And it's definitely like you spent seven on two guys, and then the rest of it is you're just kind of distributing a dollar through the remaining three spots in there. But it's cool that Cohen finally won some negotiations. Like It seems like with Scherzer they had to go way, way higher than what anyone else was offering. Like It looks like the average annual value that they wound up giving him was like, maybe $5 million more per year, it seems like, than any other team was offering. And that may be the premium you have to pay uh, if you're going to, like, work for Steve Cohen and, like, see Chris Christie at the office all the time. But (laughs) it's better, I mean, like, it's better than I expected. Like, I sort of, the initial Black Friday splurge where they got Mark Canna and Eduardo Escobar and um, Starling Marte was, like, it, it was better than you know, some past Mets off seasons, but the thing with the, they've always made decent signings. The question is when they stop and the Alderson, Sandy Alderson move has always been to kind of like, you know, you jump the market for the 22nd best free agent because you've got some sort of big idea about what James McCann is. And then you make one more move and then you just go on vacation for six weeks. <laughs> and it seems like in this case, especially because everybody's going to be gone on vacation starting on Thursday, except for the poor people that have to negotiate the next CBA like that. This actually by condensing the free agent experience, like it actually seems like it sort of spurred them into action. seems like it spurred the whole league into action. I was going to say, should we have a looming lockout every off season to make this happen? I mean, it's funny because like so much of the, the stuff that I've seen about it is, you know, people being like, yeah, we need a winter deadline. Like we need to do this every year. And, it kind of reminds me of like the year that everybody freaked out about like game 163 and then we that basically got us the wild card, you know, like and I get all that, like it's it's cool that it's happening as fast as it is. Like the lockout I think is is going to suck. Like that it's just going to be an unfun experience and that there's going to be a lot of kind of bad faith and annoying leaks and all of that. I'm glad that we're getting some good fun baseball stuff in the monitors before all that happens. Because I feel like, you know, starting again late this week, it's just going to be like a bunch of stories about leaks and counter leaks and, you know, weird ownership ideas about like every team makes the playoffs now. Like also, like you can only make $75 per game. This is our final offer. Like once we get into that, it's going to be grim. But right now, you know, like it really feels like maybe one or two of the big free agents gets signed, you know, after the lockout. But like, this has been crazy that this flirt, I mean, it's basically Carlos Correa and Trevor Story are the, the big names that are left. If those guys are locked up by, you know, a couple days from now, that's been an, like a more eventful and more interesting offseason than we've had the last five years, and we will have had it in two weeks. Do you, we have, we've had a discussion the last few days. Do you ever care about the money or you just care about term? 
I mean, to me, it's not my money, so I don't get that stressed about it. And I think the issue, I mean, as a Mets fan, with the money stuff, I mean, like, knowing that Cohen has an effectively infinite amount of money, uh, you know, that doesn't make me feel great about, like, the state of our country. But as a fan, (laughs) there's definitely a sense where I'm like, so, you know, pay pay the CBT, like, pay the, like, tax, whatever. They've never paid it before. They've never gone into the luxury tax. And in this case, it's just a question of sort of how they're they're spending it. And none of this seems like the sort of deal that you can't get out from. And the Scherzer deal is like an incredibly high average annual value right. for any player, even a guy that is like, you know, one of the two or three best at his position in the sport. But, you know, he could opt out after two years. I, I can't imagine he would, but stranger things have happened. Like, and in that case, if you're not putting this big albatross around the future of your team, then like, yeah, I don't, I don't think even the terms, like the long, like a long contract, I think is not as onerous as it might've once seemed unless, you know, you really whiff on it. And I don't think that any of those guys are getting like 10 year deals. Like there's no way that like the Rays regret the end of the Wander Franco contract. And even the Mets, you know, they still got another couple of years of diminishing returns on Robinson Cano. They traded for that on purpose because they're the Mets, but it's still like if there's a DH in the league next year, like I think he could still provide value. Like the guys that get these deals, generally, it'll still work out. I think. Who do you think signs Carlos Correa now? It's a good question. I mean, I don't know how committed the Tigers are to really trying to get good, but I feel like if you had to play Javi Baez at second base, like he's a brilliant second baseman. If they decided to you know, go for that, do what the the Rangers did and just buy a new middle infield. Like that would make them, I guess, like something like favorites in that division. I mean, I don't think I like the White Sox, but they have not improved themselves uh, at all this off season. It, but it's hard to say. I mean, like to see the extent to which like the Dodgers and the Yankees have just completely sat all this out. It's almost getting to the point where it feels ominous. Like they have to do something or they should do something. But I don't think the Yankees want to pay Carlos Correa. And I think, honestly, I think it's because, like, there's still some latent Steinbrenner-ness there, and they just don't like him because he was on the Astros. So either they sign him and they instantly start complaining about what a jerk he is, or they won't even look his way. But it's weird that the Red Sox, the Yankees, and the Dodgers are just not in the conversation at all. Final one for me, has college football gone in with the contracts? <laughs> yes. I mean, it's... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, I can give you a longer answer if you'd like. I I mean, the thing to me that's funny is just the idea of, like, obviously he's not going to finish the contract there. That's not how it works. The idea of, like, Brian Kelly developing some sort of Cajun accent and a taste for fried seafood (laughs) after 10 years in Louisiana is amazing. Like, I think he will die of a sunburn before that contract (laughs) expires. But it is, like, all of those are, are just super wild to me, especially because it's, you know, these announcements are coming out as the baseball contracts are there. So I'm, I'm used to seeing large numbers. And then I still see that Brian Kelly is getting 10 years and $95 million in taxpayer funds from the state of Louisiana. And it's just like, yeah, that had me more agog than the Corey Seager deal. And the Corey Seager deal is an objectively head spinning amount of money. Uh, do the Rangers finish last in the AL West still? No, because the A's. Uh, that's true. But I think, okay. but I think that that's the only reason why. But like, I was talking about this with a friend the other day. That like going from being like a sixty-five win team to a seventy-five win team is like that's a big difference. It's not 
a difference that gets you to the playoffs. And they still seem like awfully far away, even though I like every move that they've made this offseason. But they like they didn't have a, a team last year. You know, I mean, they had one guy. I think the only guaranteed contract going into this offseason was Jose Leclerc, who I think is coming off Tommy John. So there's like they really just are starting with nothing. And to see, I, I guess I've just gotten used to teams like the Orioles that seem determined to stay at zero for as long as they possibly can for whatever reason. And I think there's like some real dignity in trying to like give your fans a, a team worth watching and worth cheering for. And I think you know sends a message that it's not like the Rangers are short on money. Like if you're a free agent next offseason, if you're Chris Bryant now. You know, like there's plenty of rules, like like roles there, and obviously there's money. So, like, I don't know. I, I kind of like it. Well, he is David but Roth. Yeah, they're finishing second to last. <laughs> well, yeah. he is David Roth. Um, I am very excited for next week to find out what your dishwasher situation is. Good luck. Take care. I, hey, man, thanks very much. Thank you for taking this journey with me. Yeah. <laughs> See you, man. <laughs> Have a good one, guys. Yeah. So there is David Roth on the baseball offseason and his – multitude of dishwashers did i get sideswiped as you the did, guy absolutely but it was yes. deserved you're gonna complain yes. about it no no okay. it's of just the like, three who would have done it yeah oh absolutely yes. i'm saying like do i have a brand yes. <laughs> getting in cars with strangers yes you do all right here we go we got four tickets to the pac-12 football championship game at allegiant stadium this friday december 3rd tickets are on sale now we've got four for you right now, 702-364-1100 is the phone number. If you want to go to the Pac-12 championship game on Friday out at Allegiant Stadium, 702-364-1100. We'll take caller number seven. I'd be, uh, I, I think it would not be fitting for me to recognize uh, the University of Oklahoma, uh, the impact that it had on me, the people there. Uh, this was obviously, I told the team earlier, uh, toughest decision of my life uh, to come here. And, and it's uh those people there were tremendous to me. And uh, so, thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for them. I'm grateful for my time here. That's a, one of the best college football programs in the country and, and has been forever and will continue to be. So very thankful for my time here. I can promise you that you're gonna get the best out of myself. You're gonna get the best out of our staff, out of our players. We're gonna put something on that field that you're proud of, and I agree, Chairman Caruso, this place is going to be full. This is going to be the mecca of, of college football. We're back to the Press Box Morning Show with Ed Graney and Tyler Bischoff. Be part of the conversation on the Finley Kia text line at 69187. Finley Kia, come see a Kia on West Sahara. Congratulations to Scott. He won four tickets to go to the Pac-12 championship. All right. Brian Kelly leaves Notre Dame for LSU. Lincoln Riley leaves Oklahoma for USC. Uh, which of those hires do you think is actually better? Oh, what a great question. I think in the long run, Lincoln Riley's better. Um, but I want to be, I want to know. Quite a Brian, bit younger. I want to know Brian Kelly's agent because he's 60 and got a 10 year deal and he's going to be 70 when it's over. So good for him. Um, I think in the long run, Lincoln Riley is going to be better. Like Jared said, he's a lot younger. Uh, and again, 110 million. I mean, they bought him a six million dollar home in L.A. I thought oh. you in L.A. I thought you could do good. For, I think you do well for four million. I mean, I mean, you got six million. A six million dollar home. That's like what a one bedroom apartment, or is I that mean, like even a loft? Six million in California. He's probably got a really nice house. Right. Um, I don't know. I don't know about that. I don't know who Robert Hefner is. 
Is that his agent? No, no. This is the guy that tweeted about Lincoln Riley details. I don't know who Robert Hefner is, but this is what he tweeted about Lincoln Riley details. $110 million deal. USC's buying both of his homes in Norman, Oklahoma for half a million over asking price on both. So he's getting a million dollars extra, basically. And buying him a $6 million home in Los Angeles and unlimited use of the private jet 24-7 for his family. I don't know who that person is either, but if you told me all that's true, I'd believe it. Those are those are some hell of benefits. Oh man, that he's got those are of incredible that. benefits. How often do you use a jet? I mean, I mean, if you, if you got one unlimited twenty four seven, I mean, where you all the got time? She's got a bunch of young kids. It's like Jenny, we're taking you out of school again just to fly around on the jet. Yes, that, I mean, genuinely, I'm the guy that like feels uncomfortable when I get anything for free. You told me I had an unlimited private jet. I'd be the guy being like. I guess we're going to Cabo. Yes. He's got two homes in Norman? Uh, yeah, why not? Maybe he was making $7 million, yeah. and there's nothing to do in Norman. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, 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 now, Brian Kelly, Brian Kelly, I did understand. They went to the college football playoff twice in, what, four years, and each time he went to the final, each time he was on record saying they didn't have the talent and speed to match up. They could not match up with SEC teams. And I think this is the last thing on his resume that he has to do. He's done everything else. He's going to be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. So this is the last thing kid. he has to do is, well. Uh, Are you putting more people in the Hall of Fame? Yes, I'm putting him in the College <laughs> Football Hall of Fame. Is he not already in? I He'll, have he's no go idea. Go I do not pay yes. attention to the criteria for college um, football coaches. He's going to be in there. So I, I completely understood that. You can get anyone into school. They're gonna have he's gonna have a lot higher level athlete in the SEC that he did at Notre Dame. So and he's gonna be 70 years old making what 10 million a year, whatever he's gonna be making. I mean, that's a great deal for him. And hopefully it won't be very windy when he sends the uh, videographer up there. It's it's windier in South Bend, I think. So the crazy part about this, Oklahoma and Notre Dame still need coaches. <laughs>